0: everybody, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Red Beard Outdoors, we talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors. And today, being the Saturday edition, I've got an awesome guest lined up for you. His name is Kellen. You may know him if you're anything into archery at all. Um, You should definitely look him up or probably already know about him. His name on Instagram, he is Inside Out Precision on YouTube as well. He's got some great content, goes over bow reviews, talks about different shooting, uh, you know, shooting your bow in different ways and arrow setups and just an awesome guy, loves the outdoors, loves hunting, loves bows, loves fitness, Um, really likes running for some reason, I still don't understand that, but (laughs) before I get into that amazing uh, interview and not even interview, but great conversation, um, I wanted to just remind you that I'm coming up on 100 episodes and thank you guys again for your support. Uh, with those episodes that have been coming out a couple times a week, and I love to see how things are growing. I also uh, want you to get entered into the 100th episode giveaway. I've got some great prizes from some of the companies that I work with that are so gracious to, to help out with this, uh, mainly Alpenfuel, uh, alpenfuel.com. Remember, guys, before I go into this, any of the companies that I list, they're down below with the discount code, so you don't have to remember them. You can just go down there and click and uh, use the discount code that you're wanting. So, alpenfuel.com. Alpenfuel makes the best backcountry granola that I have found, and uh, they're just an amazing company in general. Uh, they're so they're local. They're out. Well, I say local. They're here in the U.S. They're out of Montana, and they just make some great products. They're, my favorite granola is the white chocolate cranberry. Uh, but they make some other great flavors as well. They also have the Peak Refuel, and my personal favorite outside of Fuel is Heather's Choice. They sell all that on the website, so you can get a discount. You go in there, you order your stuff, grab a nice hat. Uh, anyway, they're, they're helping out with the, the giveaway, uh, so get entered to win in the giveaway, and uh, I'll leave at the end of the episode how you can get in there to win. Uh, also, go check it out on red.beard.outdoors on Instagram. Uh, I'll be posting a couple times a week about that giveaway as well. And uh, another company that's helping out is affect beard. Uh, no matter the length of beard you have, get some beard oil. It'll help with whether you've got itch or some frizzy hairs or whatever's going on. Go check out affect beard. They, they give 10% of your purchase to a charity and uh, save with red beard 10 um, in the discount code. Also, First Form Outdoors, of course, you know that I work with First Form. I love that company. If you need a multivitamin, good protein source, uh, some protein sticks for the backcountry if you don't make your own jerky. And also, the protein bars are great now that we're getting into backpacking, hiking, camping, and then eventually hunting. Uh, Just a great resource for you to have. Go check out First Form and uh, then the First Form Outdoors Facebook page as well. Um, Some other companies that I work with that are just amazing are uh, Absolute Aid. If you're looking for a CBD oil that's not going to have THC or anything like that, uh, they make a CBD chewable that works great for me. My favorite is the relief formula uh, on days that I've had a hard training day, the next day, you know, that soreness that everyone loves, right? And uh, it helps take the edge off. So, you know, looking at ibuprofen or anything like that, you get a good natural uh, oil. Well, it's a chewable, but CBD. Um, and there's some other amazing companies as well. Again, I'll leave those linked down below. Not trying to sell you anything, but if you're already in the market for it, you might as well go save some money, right? And support the podcast, support those that support me over here at the podcast. Uh, and without further ado, guys, I'm going to let you listen in on this awesome conversation that I have with Kellen and definitely go check him out. And uh, again, stay tuned until the end. And I'll talk to you about the 100th episode giveaway. Here we go. All right, everyone. I've got an awesome guest here by the name of Kellen. And Kellen, you may know him better as Inside Out Precision on Instagram, YouTube, uh, all the social media platforms. Uh, Kellen here is an awesome guy. He works on bows all day and night. um, And he loves to give reviews on bows. He gives great information. But more than anything, uh, he's been shooting pretty much his whole life from what I understand. But uh, before I get into those, into the weeds there, uh, Kellen, give us a little bit more of an intro yourself. Who are you? Uh, Why are you so passionate about bows and whatever else you want to share?
1: Yeah, so uh, yeah, my name's Kellen Morgan. Um, You know, I've been working at the Bow Rack here in Springfield for, uh, officially for the last six years, but I've always kind of helped out around here. Um, You know, the, the owner, Wayne and Lisa, and Ducott. Um, they were my mentors when I got into archery, which you know, I started shooting when I was 12, but I'm 34 now. Um, and you know, they really are like a second family to me. Um and I always kind of took for granted, you know, how much knowledge Wayne possesses. Um, you know, he's kind of one of those unsung heroes in the industry. Like he's not all over social media and all that. But if you go to any, you know, ATA show or shot show or you know, talk to any of the big guys, like they all know who Wayne is. Um, but yeah, a little, you know, a little bit just about my history. So like I mentioned, I started shooting the bow when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, I wanted to kill a turkey. So, um, turkey and a deer. And part of that was, you know, when I, so I rifle hunted before that and, you know, my dad would pull me out of school for a week and we'd go over deer hunting and I'd always end up shooting a deer like 10 minutes into the first morning. And then my dad would make me go back to school. and so. I wanted to stay longer in the woods. So I was like, well, let's make this a little harder. So, um, decided to get into bow hunting, um, came in here the first time actually, uh, got my first boat was a Hoyt MT sport draw length was about two inches too long. But, uh, back then there wasn't, you know, they didn't make high quality kids stuff like they do now. Um, but pretty much just got obsessed with it. It was just one of those, you know, itches I, I couldn't scratch enough. Um, you know, from the time I was like 12 to, gosh, probably 16 when I got my, you know, when I could drive on my own. Um, You know, my, my parents would drop me off after school here five days a week. um, And I would just shoot. So from like three till close, which is six, I'd come here and I would just shoot, 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 shoot. Um, Trying to, you know, originally trying to get accurate enough to to shoot a turkey. Um, cause I, you know, everybody I talked to was like, oh, they got a really small vitals. You got to, you know, they're harder to kill than you think. Um, and then I started going to a few 3d shoots and kind of got into the target archery and that took me down a whole other rabbit hole. Um, you know, I started going to a, a lot of tournaments on the, on the national level and doing well, um, actually ended up going to college for archery back at James Madison university for, for a couple of years. Uh, and then, uh, title nine came in, and it <laughs> cut the sport promptly, so ended up coming back home and finishing out here, but um, it was, uh, it's just always been something that, that's been a passion of mine, you know, both hunting and just shooting a bow, it's like, even if I could never hunt again, you know, if something happened and I wasn't able to, I'd, I'd still shoot a bow, um, you know, it's, it's one of those, people always talk about it being therapeutic, and I think there's a lot to that, because it, it commands all of your attention, and it's almost impossible to think about other stuff when you're doing it. So um, yeah, that, you know, in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of my history with archery. Um, I don't get to compete nearly as much as I would like to anymore. Just when we were just talking before this, it's kind of like, you know, the running joke is like, if you want to, if you want to quit shooting your own bow, start working at a pro shop. Lots of people think to be the other way around, but you know, you spend six days a week working on bows, doesn't leave a lot of time for the other things in life, but, uh, I, I still shoot quite a bit. I try to shoot every day after work or before work or something like that. So,
0: yeah. Thank you for sharing that, man. That's, that's crazy. I, I didn't even think about there being an archery club. So when I, you know, you, you, you pinpointed quite a few good things there, but first of all, 22 years of archery experience. I mean, that's, that's pretty intense. Um, and then, and then the fact that you're still, I mean, your passion comes out in your videos. No matter the bow, right? You know, there's pros and cons to every single bow, draw length, um, you know, the the ATA, all this stuff. You always seem to find the good things about the bow, though, and highlight them. And and you understand because you're not very brand loyal. You do let people know right. that you yeah. love certain bows for certain reasons, but you're very fair when you give your reviews, and I love that. Sure. Um, and mm-hmm. so with you know with with archery in and of itself. Uh, I had a buddy of mine that got me into archery here in the last couple of years. And he told me that he, he knew it would be something that I would enjoy because I'm one of those people that's kind of all in or nothing. Yep. Right. And archery does kind of take that. I, I agree hundred percent that you, you know, you said that it's therapeutic. A lot of people talk about it being meditative, maybe not so much if you're shooting poorly. <laughs> and I, I recommend taking a step back. If there's times you want to
1: throw that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Make there are your- times.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. agree. Uh, I definitely agree. But most of those days, it's because your mind's on something else. You're not yeah. wholly focused on shooting your bow. Um, you know, Joel Turner talks about that. I'm sure there's plenty of other great people about that. But but just being completely focused on every single arrow, being a good arrow um, and being a good clean break, clean shot, going through your process every time it takes a whole nother level of focus. And And so for me, um, that does become, you know, my couple of errors that I shoot every day is meditative. You know, yeah. um, I used to shoot with music in my ear. I don't do that anymore because of that, because I like to stay completely focused. I don't like having Andy Frisella or someone else yelling in my <laughs> ear <laughs> while I, while I'm trying to shoot my boat. Right. So, yeah. uh, you know food you're trying to get in <laughs> exactly it doesn't really portray the yeah <laughs> it's not very calming uh but but that's that's pretty sweet man um so you know you got into it kind of as the joke of you wanted to you wanted to stay out of school longer but uh what for you i mean you're, you're saying it's an itch that you can't scratch enough but what is it is there one particular thing are there multiple things uh that you enjoy so much about archery
1: so i'd, I'd say first and foremost is that um, it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not sure anybody will ever achieve true perfection with it. It's something you can always be chasing. Um, you know, there's, there's perfect scores that are shot, but then you could make them even more perfect. You could make it every arrow in the same exact hole. Uh, then you take, then you have to take that hole and make it in the actual true dead center of the x ring. Um, you know, the, the level of human error, is always going to be something that, um, it is fun to try to conquer basically. You know, it's, it's fun to see in my opinion, just, you know, how consistent can I be shot to shot? Um, and on top of that, you know, I, I love all the gear. I mean, I, I like tinkering with things. I like playing with things. Um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm, I'm not a brand loyal guy, by any means, you know, I've learned what kind of specs I like in a bow. Um and whoever's making a bow that year in those specs, I like, you know, I'll I'll give it a whirl. Um but so yeah, kind of the the, the strive to be perfect <laughs> with it, which like I said, I think is pretty much unattainable. Um but it's there's always something to improve upon, you know. And I think there's a lot of things with that, you know. You look at people who get obsessed with anything, you know, they're they're always trying to get to that next level with it. And uh for me, it's just always been I was always a competitive person, but you know, growing up, I was always the tall kid in class. Like I'm only like six
0: one
1: now, but you know, I was always that tall, kind of lanky, awkward kid. Um, you know, till I hit like junior year and everybody kind of caught up with me. Um so I like playing other sports, but I was always on the B team. <laughs> like I was the perpetual bench warmer. And archery was just one of those things where it was like, And I see this with a lot of kids that I coach where they have that competitive spirit and they have that drive, but traditional athletics are not the avenue for them. Um, and you know, they're told they're not good enough and this and that, and then they can come into archery and it's really a competition with yourself at the end of the day, you know, sure you hand in your scorecard against somebody else, but at the end of the day, you're, you're competing against yourself. You have to be better. You know, the goal is to always be better than the day you were before or better than you were the day before. Um, and so, You know, for me, it's always just been a really good outlet and kind of avenue to, you know, progress in a in a competitive manner, um, and still have a lot of fun with it. You know, there's, you know, if you make a bad shot, you you can't blame your teammate for missing the buzzer beater, right? It's like, nope, that was all on me. Um, So I think it holds for me. There's a lot of accountability and integrity in the sport, Um, and it's it's something that's always just kind of drawn me to it. You know, I've I've got a lot of other hobbies. Um, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to be a professional snowboarder and skateboarder. Those are about the only two things I was ever any good at. Um, but you know, after six trips to the ER, mom pulled the plug pretty quick on that. <laughs> uh, bet. yeah. And, but you know, a lot of things kind of come and go, but archery has always been that thing that I've, you know, like when I was in college and just dead broke, it was like, well, I'm going to, you know, eat top ramen for two months and save all my money so that I can buy a new bow because I, you know, I need a bow. <laughs> um, and so it's just, it's always kind of taken a priority. Everything's always kind of taken a backseat to the, to the sport of archery for me and, and hunting too, you know, I'm by no means a, what I would call an accomplished bow hunter. I'm an accomplished bow hiker. I've put a lot of miles in. <laughs> <Are> we all? <laughs> I've lightning has struck for me a few times, but, um, you know, I just, I just love the whole, just everything that encompasses the sport, you know, hunting in general is awesome. Hunting with a bow is just that much more intimate and not much more, um, you know, just adds to the challenge, obviously, as anybody who's bow hunted is well aware of. Um, and what I like about it kind of like going back to the rifle hunting thing, it's like, you know, those deer that I shot with a the rifle, they were two, 250 yards away. And it was basically, you know, the deal was all but done. But when I, as soon as I jacked that shell in the chamber, you know, with a bow, if you're 250 yards away and there's no way to close that gap or that deer has any inclination you're there, they may as well be 200 miles away because the hunt's over, you know? Um, and so it really, I think it improves your skills as just an outdoorsman and a woodsman. Um, and you know, you, you start slowing down and really noticing the small things because you have to, you gotta, you know, try to take in every advantage you can find out there. Um, but I'm sorry, kind of getting off, off base there on your question, but um, you know, that kind of going back to, like I said, just the being able to constantly compete with yourself and, and always have something to improve on. Like, you know, there's guys out there, I mean, Oh my gosh, that Bodie Turner kid that just won Vegas this year. I mean, you know, you look at him shoot and you go, well, he, you know, how much better can he get? But I guarantee you in his mind, he can get better, you know? And so, um, there's, there's always, you're always chasing, <laughs> always chasing the rainbow, so to speak, in terms of, you know, the next best thing and the next, the next level with archery, which is, I think what I really enjoy about it. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. It's, uh, you know, there's people out there that, that do dust their bows off that are 10 years old, 15 years old. They'll shoot it like maybe two or three times and then they'll go out and hunt with it. And, yep. and that that's unfortunate in my opinion, because they're not taking advantage of what it is to like, I can shoot in my backyard and I can't shoot a rifle in my backyard. I wish I could, I'd be nice, right. Yeah. but I can't. And like today, you know, the weather's starting to get a little bit nicer it's not as cold and nasty. And so I actually took my kids out for probably the first time this year and, uh, and they shot their bows in the backyard and they're just, you know, small little bows, nothing crazy, no compound or anything like that, but, um, just getting them to, to follow the arrow flight to know where to aim. Uh, with their little recurves uh, that they have and it's so much fun and and my daughter who's now she's five um, borrowed my seven-year-old's bow and so we're gonna go pick her one up because she like she woke up this morning and she like threw a jacket on I'm like what's going on it's not that cold you know you're going to school and she was like no we need to go shoot the bow you know yeah. and so <laughs> it was awesome like that spoke to me and I was like oh I, yeah. I got you hooked
1: there's <laughs> something where it's it's almost like it's in your DNA. Like, I, I mean, I do lessons almost every night after work. And I, every once in a while, you'll have a kid that's just, you know, his parents want him to try it. He's just not into it. But I've never had a kid turn to me and say, this sucks. Like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Um, there's, it's almost like it's in humans' DNA. And it kind of makes sense when you think about it. I mean, you know, up until the invention of gunpowder, you know, a bow and arrow was the premier weapon. Of choice i mean that we warred with it we hunted with it it was you know it was everybody had a bow and arrow because that was your your lifeline so to speak um and i think it kind of awakens not to sound like corny but it it really does kind of like awaken this like instinctual thing in you when you're bow hunting um or even just shooting a bow you know we always joke about like oh the mystical flight of the arrow but like it (laughs) i think there's kind of something to it you know um it's just fun to watch slivers fly through the air. There's just something about it. It, it makes sense to you. Um, And it, you know, for, for me, it's just always, always been something that, that felt comfortable. It felt right. I didn't feel, it didn't feel out of place or like I was forcing something that was unnatural. Like it just, it just felt like a part of me. you know, and I think a lot of kids feel that too. Kids are, you know, you want to get a true reaction to something, just, give a bow to a little kid and watch and smile on their face. You know, it, it almost never fails.
0: Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent. That's, that's awesome. I, uh, you know, I kind of had that happen today. So I just recently got a new bow. Um, it took three months to get here cause all the wonderful, you know, backlog and everything of ordering things. And even then I'm still missing a couple of things that we're going to be adding, uh, eventually, but I just got some new fletchings that just came out uh, or some new veins and uh, fleshed up some arrows for me and my friend and I went out and I, I shot a couple of shots with these new new uh, new veins and like I was expecting them to be loud you know and like the, the, the bow went off and it hit the target and I was like wait a second these things are so quiet and like it just got me excited again right just the little yeah. nerdiness you know it's not that big of a difference in sound but it's big enough that I noticed it because I shoot enough and I yeah. was like oh that's so cool you know Wait. on the veins are um the dca veins that just came out
1: oh nice yep
0: yeah yeah so i just picked some of the super sabers and like they're super they're they're tall like the ae max pro hunters um but they're not nearly like they're more quiet than my boning heat veins
1: okay are they and stiff so like uh, stiff? no they're
0: about as stiff as the boning heat veins yeah huh. So. Yeah, and it has this weird design to them. Actually, let me pull. I know people can't see on the video, so you're gonna you're gonna have to, yeah. to deal with this people listen to the podcast, but I'm gonna grab an arrow real quick. Sure. So it's oh yeah. Wow. So it's got that boning profile, the heat profile, and it jumps up.
1: Yeah, it almost and- looks like like a like the wings on a missile.
0: Yeah, that's exact, and that's exactly what. So he's an engineer, and he did a bunch of testing on it and stuff. Um, but it's supposed to look like a, a stealth fighter jet yeah, wing, totally, which is what yeah. it looks like. But anyway, I'm testing out. They they are quiet, like he says they're supposed to be. So now I just got to see if they steer broadheads um, like he says they do, and if they do, those are the ones I'm going to be running. So yeah, awesome. um, but it's, it's little things like that. You know, you find new veins, you find a new a new spine, or you find. New broadheads yeah. that you want it like. There's always something. There's always yeah. something. And then like what you were saying, if you got out of hunting for some reason couldn't go hunting anymore, you can still target shoot. And if if they took all the sights away in the world, there's still bare bow. Yep. There's longbow. There's you got know all these other
1: twist up some sinew and make a bow.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. if everything, if everything if all else was lost, <laughs> I'd be out yep. there. Failing at making a (laughs) longbow.
0: Yep. And if you lose your arms, they have mouth tabs, right? Like there's so many things that you can do. It's, it's ridiculous, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, so that, that's cool. I love that. You know, again, that you share your passion for, for bow hunting, uh, and and anyone out there listening, uh, need to go check his channel out. If you're into archery and you probably have dropped off if you're not into archery by now, but, uh, (laughs) but this, this whole episode is going to be about archery because uh, again, so Kellen here, Um, offered, I can't remember if it was on a YouTube video or something, but you offered to, if I sent you a clip or, you know, not just me, but anyone sent you a clip, you'd give some feedback on it. Um, and so I sent a clip in not really expecting anything, honestly, like I had, I don't know, maybe like 150 followers back then or something like that. And I was like, ah, he's not going to, you know, his YouTube guy, he's not going to actually reach back out. And I think it was within like a couple hours you're like, Oh, actually, I think you should probably try a longer draw length and this and that. But for the most part, this is good. That's good. And it was very detailed. It wasn't like, Oh, good shot. You know, it was, it was good coaching. And then I took that into my archery shop and we extended it. We actually did go out another uh, half inch and it felt so much better. And so, you know, I don't know if that offer is still open. I'm sure you're a lot
1: yeah, no, I get, get all the time. Um. Takes me a while to get through them sometimes because I got you know my inbox is getting bigger but <laughs> um you know when we when we so the way this channel started was actually kind of is kind of a funny story. Um you know I when I thought of archery and YouTube I just always thought of all these like bow hunting channels right there's a million bow hunting channels out there. I mean so many of them uh but there really wasn't that many you know Dudley had his thing going on um but besides that you know there wasn't a lot of stuff on like Actual, just shooting a bow, and you know, technical information and gear reviews, at least from a channel that wasn't sponsored by you know Matthews and Easton or you know whatever it was. Um, and one of my one of my best friends, um, who I started the channel with, you know, he's he's not a hunter, he doesn't shoot a bow, he lives down in LA. Uh, but when he was in, so he was in grad school at UCLA, and kind of his one of his side hustles uh, was he managed um, a couple of different YouTube channels, and they were you know kind of clickbaity things like you know oh you know top 10 most haunted houses in la but they'd have seven hundred thousand views you know um and he was he his strong point was all the back end stuff in terms of like how the youtube algorithm works you know getting set up with google adsense so that once you hit a certain amount of subscribers you can get ads and actually make a little bit of money on the channel um and so he actually came to me and said hey like i think he was up here for uh you know, on his like winter break or Christmas break or whatever from school. And he was just saying like, Hey, you know, if that's something you're interested in, like, let's just buy a camera and just see what happens. If nobody watches then we'll quit making them, but you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, he kind of got the ball rolling on that. And uh, kind of the whole purpose of the channel was I-, I wanted to try to be as unbiased as possible. Um, you know, I just mentioned like a lot of the channels are sponsored. They're, like Chris B puts a lot of amazing content out there, but like Chris B, his feet are held to the fire by his sponsors. You know, he can't grab a Hoyt bow and go shoot it if he's not sponsored by Hoyt. Um, So I wanted to try to give just kind of by the numbers reviews on, on bows and, and different equipment and stuff, because, you know, I can pick up a bow and say, yeah, it's a nice bow. It's not what I would shoot. Another person can pick up that same bow and just absolutely punch the center out of the target with it, you know, and that's bows are such a, with today's technology, you know, so much of the stuff is, is high quality. Um, you know, there's nothing inherently higher quality from a Hoyt to a Matthews, to a PSE, to a, you know, a prime. Um, but if you're not comfortable with the bow you have, you can spend $2,000 on the newest carbon bow. But if you're not comfortable with that bow in your hands, you're not going to be as accurate with it as you might do with another bow. Um, I always kind of use like the hiking boot analogy. Like, you know, we sell crispy here at the shop, Everybody else wears them. They're phenomenal quality boots, but they give me blisters. So I don't wear crispies. It's no knock on the boot. The boot's great. Just for me, I, I'm more comfortable in a different boot. And I think that same mentality kind of applies to, you know, releases, bows sights, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um, so, you know, I think with the, with the YouTube channel, that was kind of our goal was just like, well, let's just give people the information and they can go shoot the bow and decide if they like, it. <laughs> you know? So, um, I'm glad that it's been pretty well received. I think, you know, I, it seems like people are happy to find a channel where, you know, we're not just saying, Oh, you need to shoot a Hoyt. You need to shoot, you know, Easton, you need to shoot this, you need to shoot that. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a learning curve for sure. I go back and I look at, <laughs> look at my first video and it's like, why am I yelling at the camera and why is my voice octaves higher than it usually is, but it's different. You feel like you're talking to an audience and then you realize like, no, it's just like, treat it. Like you're talking to a customer here in the shop. It's like a dude, with his headphones in, trying not to wake up his wife in bed, you know, watching bow reviews.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. No, that's funny. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, don't go back and listen to my probably first 20 podcasts. Cause uh, <laughs> it's not pretty, um, but no, it, it, that's awesome, dude. And, and this, it, I've said this on different episodes, but I'm kind of drawn to the people that are more um, that you can tell they're not sold by a company or they're not trying to sell you something. Um, other than information. Right. And even then you're not trying to sell that. Like you sell shirts, hats, and some merch on your website, but like generally you, you're just giving out information. And I love that. I was um, you were one of the first channels that, that really gave me good information when I was going in, and and uh, checking out bows for the first time. Um, my shop didn't carry PSE and Bowtech, but they had elite uh, Matthews, Hoyt, prime, and something else right and i went out and i shot them all and at the time the hoyt was the one that i went with um and you know i i had to go through and review all the specs that i knew nothing about but because of videos like yours and there's a couple other people um like hacks and hunt uh elk shape and a couple other guys that yes like elk shape for example he's obviously sponsored by matthews but he's not selling matthews bows like anytime i've talked with him He never says, oh, you're shooting that Hoyt or, oh, you're shooting that PSE. He's like, oh, that's a pretty cool setup. And he's genuinely interested in it, Yeah. but you know, he's sponsored by Matthews, right? Yeah. And so it's the same with, with, well, not the same because you're not sponsored by any uh, particular company, but you give a very unbiased review. So again, anyone out there that is looking to go purchase a bow, maybe for the first time, and you don't want to feel like an idiot walking into a shop, I'd highly recommend going to Inside Out Precision's channel because- uh, it gives you, it makes you feel a little bit more confident walking in. You may not know everything, all the terminology, but you'll know enough that you can feel comfortable walking in and talking to a shop owner. Um, you know, and so anyway, that I um, went off on a tangent there, but, uh, something else I wanted to talk to you about a little bit too. How do you, cause you, you run, uh, you've got other things going on as far as with fitness. Um, what is, I mean, what do you do or why do you incorporate fitness uh, running or weightlifting or whatever it may be?
1: Yeah. So, you know, kind of going back to what you're talking about earlier with why I love archery, um, and, and hunting, um, bow hunting is, I think it, it requires you to do, um, do things that you might not otherwise do. For example, you know, the, the first time I ever went hunting with, uh, with the owner here, we went spring bear hunting and we're over in like Northeastern Oregon and just absolutely giant country. You know, all the canyons are 2,500 to 3,000 vertical feet. You know, you're starting on top and all the bears that time of year are, you know, maybe halfway up. If you're lucky, usually they're, you know, 200 yards off the bottom. And I absolutely got my butt kicked, you know, granted I was 13 years old and had boots that were three sizes too big and all that. But like, um, it was a a very rude awakening. It's like, I'm 13 and there's a bunch of like 40 year old guys whooping my butt up this hill. Um, and so, you know, having that experience, it made me realize like, okay, like if I want to make things easier on myself and be a better hunter and more efficient and just a better shooter, I need to get in shape, you know? Um, and even though I was only 13 years old, you know, I started, I started running a, a bunch, um, you know, running's something I've just always done. Um, I got away from it for a few years there after, like right after college, I packed on a few LBs. Um, but you know, it's always been something I've done casually. And just really in the last like year and a half, two years, I've, I've started incorporating a lot of like, kind of like CrossFit style training. Um, so, you know, like, I guess they, they call it like muscle cardio, but basically like high intensity, you know, weight lifting cardio, um, because really that's, in my mind, the most similar exercise to what's going to be going on in the woods, you know, 90% of what you're doing is with your legs out there. Um, But it's a lot of core stuff too. You know, if you just throw a 60 pound pack on lots of times, it's not your legs that give out first, it's your lower back, (laughs) you know? Um, And so with the cardio from running, uh, we got, well, I'm sure anybody who follows Cam Haynes, you know, he's a local guy here. Uh, he runs Mount Pisk all the time and it's, you know, it's a thousand vertical feet, a thousand vertical feet from the bottom to the top in like 1.1 miles. So it's a pretty good pitch. Um, and if you get to where you can, if you can run that hill without stopping, you're going to be pretty good when it comes to hiking around the mountains. Um, and, but it's, you know, just running is not the same as hiking around. If you're like bivy hunting, you know, you're going to have my pack. I've got it down to where, you know, I can go for five or six days with about a 35 pound pack. Um, and that's, you know, that's no, <laughs> no luxury items by any means. Um, but still, so that's you know, that's
0: impressive, man. Cause my food is about 30 something pounds. Okay, no <laughs>
1: That's, that's things I, I probably should eat more than I do out there. I mean, my pants are always falling off by the end of season. Um, but it's enough to keep, you know, keep me going. And, uh, it, it's just different. You know, when you, when you think about it, it's think of it as like a job. It's not a nine to five, it's a five to nine when you're hunting. So, you know, you, from the minute you get up and start walking till the time you get back to camp, you got that pack on your back or lots of times camp is in your pack. <laughs> uh, and so that is different than just running on flat ground with no weight. So, you know, I'll throw I'll oh, I fill up one of those like six gallon, uh, like water jugs or whatever. And I'll throw that in my pack. And that, I don't know exactly what it weighs. Honestly, I've never weighed it, but it's heavy. (laughs) And so hiking around with that, you know, I don't run with it on because I just feel like that's going to hurt some discs or my knees or something. Um, but getting comfortable being uncomfortable is I think a huge benefit. Um, I think, you know, I, I know a lot of guides and outfitters and stuff and every single one of them will tell you the number one reason clients don't kill is because they can't physically handle the hunt. They, after two days, they need, a day of rest, um, at least. And, you know, I just, I don't want that to be me. I'm by no means in the best shape of anybody out there. I mean, you know, look at guys like Dan Staten and elk shape and cam and all those guys, I mean, they're absolute animals. Um, guess why they come home with an elk a lot of the time. It's not solely because they're in shape, but when everybody else is down and out, they're still out hunting. Um, and so it's just, it's just an advantage that it's something you have control of. You know, there's some things you can't control. You can't control the weather. You know, you can't control wildfires. You can't control stuff that may be happening outside of, you know, your realm, but you can control how good a shape you are when you hit the woods. And, you know, I think you're just doing yourself a disservice, not just for hunting, but just in life in general. I mean, you know, not to sound cliche, but it's like, you really do You get one life. Why not make the best of it? You know, why not, why not try to reach, even if you don't reach your full potential, at least try, (laughs) you know, reach the 90th percentile of your potential, you know? Um, and so yeah, fitness, I mean, if nothing else, bow hunting is, it it always gives you that reason to go to the gym. It's like, well, you know, it's, what is it now? April almost, you know, sounds like seasons of ways away. It's not season's right around the corner (laughs) you know and especially now in my 30s you know i when i was in my 20s it was like oh i'm I'm feeling a little out of shape i'll do some push-ups and sit-ups for two weeks and you know drop 10 pounds and get my abs back that doesn't happen anymore (laughs) you know if i if i want to drop 10 pounds and, and see some muscle definition that's you know three solid months in the gym you know and hitting it hard so i've learned it's a lot easier to stay in shape than it is to do the yo-yo thing and get in and out of shape you know so much easier to maintain than get back into shape so
0: definitely yeah no and you hit on some really good points there it's not that those people you know like cam haynes and dan staten uh are, are just i mean like you said they're animals i don't know any other word to describe them um you know dan is in his element when he's in the gym it's ridiculous other than elk hunting and his family like that's where he's at you know right and uh and, and it's ridiculous. And then Cam, he's always running. He probably runs more in a day than I do in six months. You know, yeah. <laughs> I am not a runner by any means. And he lifts weights. So like, you know, and he's out there shooting his bow. Like he, it goes back to controlling what you can control and kind of like what you do with bow reviews and then fitness. Like, I feel like archery, at least the good and consistently successful bow hunters uh, or even just archers in general, are in some sort of physical shape um, yeah. and they don't ever lose it. They keep it. There is no yeah. off season, you know, the off, the quote unquote off season is just not having a tag in their pocket, but they're still doing the same thing. It, yeah. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't change. And I, I also agree that, um, you know, like you were saying, it's easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape uh, because getting in shape is not fun. It's really not. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I have, you know, just friends and stuff that, uh, I've never been big on like posting a lot of workouts and stuff, but the last year when I really started running, my goals to run like a, a half marathon and I had a certain pace that I wanted to keep. And anyway, like posting on social media, kind of, it almost helped me like stay accountable in a way, even though nobody really cared. Like to me, it was just like, look, I'm out doing this again, <laughs> you know? Um, and a couple of my buddies were like, dang, I should probably start getting back into shape too. And they, uh, my buddy, Tim, he'd text me and be like, dude you know, five days and my calves are so tight, I can barely walk. And my, my advice is always the same. It's like, get through the first two weeks. I promise you after the first two weeks, things are going to get easier. You know, if you run five days in a row, I don't care how far you run, whatever, run five days, take two days off. When you run again on Monday, it's going to feel easier. Do that same thing for five more days, take two days off. And by that third week, you're going to actually start enjoying it. Your body's going to start craving that movement and want that movement um and you know it it is it's a hard thing to do but you just got to commit to it and when when you do and you start to actually see results then you start getting that that thirst for more that hunger for more um you know i think everybody it's like oh i've been doing sit-ups for two weeks and i don't have a six-pack it's like well it took you three years to lose it (laughs) like it's gonna take a little while to get get back into it Um, and then the you know, I've never been big on really following any sort of diet. And last year I started working with Nick Hammond, who followed the Borax page or cam or anything. It's Nick, the trainer dude. Um, You know, he's, he's a bodybuilder guy and he has a gym here in town and stuff. And um, you know, he always, and you'll, you've heard this, I'm sure, but he always says, you know, abs are made in the kitchen, not the gym. And uh, not that abs are, you know, the telltale sign of whether or not you're in shape, but it's just kind of a metaphor where it's like, you can do all the work you want. And then if you go eat a Big Mac afterwards, you're just going to completely negate all of it in terms of what you're, you're going to see in terms of results. Um, and so, you know, I got on a meal plan and yeah, I mean, I, I get cravings all the time, but it's like when you start eating whole foods and good foods, like you sleep better, you don't have any digestion issues. Um, you know, I just more energy in general. Uh, so I've really started paying a lot more attention in the last, you know, really the last year, especially, um, as to just, you know, counting my macros and, and following a set diet, because then you have a control, right. Where it's like, it's like, okay, I'm eating, you know, a hundred grams of carbs, 30 grams of fat and 150 grams of protein. And you do that for two weeks and see the results. And if you, you know, if you're losing weight and that's not the goal, then you need to up your, your total calorie counts. So then you up everything a little bit and you can, you can really track you know. Th- technology is amazing with all the apps you have now. It's like, you can just scan a barcode and it'll tell you exactly the nutritional facts of something. Um, so you just get yourself a little scale, weigh out your portions. I mean, it, you know, meal prep is a thing. It, it's amazing how well it works. You know, you just spend a couple hours each Sunday prepping your meals for the week and it just makes life so much easier. And, uh, it's been a cool, you know, kind of cool awakening for me to, to really kind of going down that rabbit hole and getting into stuff. um, you know, barring, barring a couple injuries the last year, I've been pretty, pretty consistent with going to the gym and trying to stay on a meal plan and stuff. And it's been a lot of fun. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. You've got some, you've got some cool people around you, man. Uh, you've got some great archers, um, Wayne and his wife is, oh my gosh, his wife's <laughs> clips about phone calls of people. that oh, yeah. call in, Those are hilarious.
1: <laughs> oh, some of the stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I mean, you know, we never want to poke fun at anybody, but it, something about, and I i love North Carolina. No hate on my North Carolina boys, but something about guys from North Carolina, before they ever ask a question, they give you their entire history of archery. <laughs> it's like, That's hilarious. Oh, 1989. And it was a, a PSE Mach 1. You remember the Mach 1s and all that? <laughs> it's like 20 <laughs> minutes later. Oh, yeah. Do you have points?
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, that's funny because I'm from North Carolina, born and raised. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, until I was 18. And that's when I came out to Utah. What are they calling you guys for out there in freaking Oregon?
1: Man, we get calls from all over the nation. I mean, we're awesome we, everywhere. Um, you know, social media is really just kind of taking their business to the next level. Um, and it, you know, just call a spade a spade. Cam Haynes mentioning the bow rack and wearing bow rack swag and stuff like that you know people he has such a huge reach that people see that and then go oh Only a
0: couple million people that's it right
1: there's <laughs> just a few um but it, he's he's drawn a lot of business our way for sure um you know i can't tell you how many phone calls we get where guys are like i want just order me exactly what cam haynes shoots it's like well have you ever pulled a bow before nope it's like well probably shouldn't order you an 80 pounder then <laughs> yeah, but
0: 90 I'm going for 100 right <laughs>
1: crazy the guys a beast yeah but yeah we you know we've sent bows to mauritius we've sent them to the uk we sent them to australia um you know, there's dealer protection rules generally within the United States. Like we can't ship a bow to California if there's a dealer down there, uh, but there's certain areas where there's, there just aren't any dealers. And in that case, you know, the manufacturers are okay with you sending bows. So yeah, we've, we're bow rack worldwide. So that's awesome.
0: That's pretty yeah. cool, man. I didn't realize that. And that's funny. It's funny. Cause, uh, you know, again, those of you listening, um, he didn't know I was from North Carolina. So it's funny that you pointed that out. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not wearing any of my Tar Heel stuff either. Cause I'm pretty proud that they're in the final four right now. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, anyway, yeah, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, well, I just wanted to, I just want to ask a couple more questions here. One about your brand, um, inside out precision. Uh, what is it that what's the goal? What is your goal with your brand? so
1: i would say you know first and foremost our goal was to get just archery information out there and and help promote and grow the sport um you know just for what archery's done for me personally in my life and you know not necessarily like financially or anything like that like money has never been the goal with uh with the youtube channel um but I think like I've seen it bring so much joy to so many people's lives and take them really cool places. I mean, I got to travel all over the nation going to different competitions and it took me to college back East, which I would have never gone to school in Virginia. If I, if it wasn't for archery Um, and it's starting to become, you know, it's the only sector right now in hunting that's actually growing every year is, is archery hunting, you know, as I think up until 2020 when the pandemic hit, I think every year since like 1976, the total number of tag sales, in the u.s has has gone down for hunting licenses sold um but in the last like 10 years within that the number of people starting to bow hunt has actually been growing um and it was just one of those things where you know there there's not a lot of information out there on it so we wanted to bring the information um help kind of evolve and progress the sport um and then you know just kind of on a personal level with, with like business goals and stuff um we've been kind of thrown around the idea of starting some sort of like Academy or school where if you want to learn how to become a bow technician, you can sign up for some courses. Um, I honestly just, I totally lucked in to, to coming into this shop and getting plugged in where I am. I didn't like search this place out. I didn't have any goals in that. Um, you know, I get questions all the time. though. guys are like, Hey, I'm thinking of starting a shop or I want to work at an archery shop, but I have zero experience, you know, where, how did you learn to do what you do? And, you know, I just learned basically from, from Wayne and, you know, a couple guys um, that I shot with in college and stuff and happened to be really good information. Now I'm, I'm shocked at how many messages I get about guys who, you know, they go to buy a brand new setup and they don't even let them like shoot the bow. They just measure their draw length on a, you know, with a ruler and say, here you go, this is ready to shoot. And, you know, they've, guys will bring in their bow and you know they're a 28 inch draw and they got them set at 30 and a half And their peep height is eight and a half inches high and you know it's like they're just setting them up for failure and you know if you if you want to make somebody never pick up a bow again it's like give them a bow that doesn't fit and they can't pull <laughs> you know <laughs> and
0: that they spent thousands of dollars on
1: back <laughs> so you know i think it'd be cool if you could and I don't know if it'd be an in-person class or like an online, most likely like an online module thing that we could create like a video series where literally just, I would just treat it like a random person comes in off the street and is like, Hey, I want to work here. What do I need to know? And just start bottom to top. Um, and, you know, cause there's, the more you spend time in the industry, you start to learn little, little quirks and, you know, understandings of different, different bows and, even not just brand to brand, but model to model, you know, I just, I think of like the Hoyt power max, like that bow is just notorious for shooting like a two inch tail high tear. Um, and so once you know that, then you can kind of start to do some things to, to correct it. Um, and some stuff is just going to come with experience, but the basics in terms of, you know, how do you restring a bow? How do you put new limbs on a bow? How do you, you know, press different bows, uh, you know, diagnose a tear through paper, what could be the causes of it, all that stuff. You know, there's really nobody out there teaching that, you know, it's just kind of a, and so I, I would like to take it somewhere there where we can help kind of grow, grow that sector of the industry in terms of, you know, people being able to work, whether it's their own bow or, you know, if you want to start an archery shop, I'm sure there's a lot of, I know a lot of people that, you know, like, Oh, there's no shop in my area. I'd love to open one but I don't know, I don't know how to do anything. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you you know, take some classes, learn how to do it. You could have your little dream shop. So um, that's, that's really the ultimate goal is just get that information out there. There's so many, like so much misinformation out there, I think is the biggest issue. You know, you can ask 10 guys the same question and get 10 different answers. And while there's not an exact science to a lot of the stuff, like there are general rules of thumb that you need to follow when you're when you're working on stuff and when you're diagnosing and tuning and, and form stuff you know um not everybody's form is the same but i guarantee you, you know you go to vegas or any big shoot where all the pros are you're going to see very very common themes in every pro's form it may not be exactly the same but the concept is going to be the same um and so that and that kind of goes you know the same when when it comes to setting up a bow and working on a bow you know, you look at all their setups, you're going to see a lot of the same stuff and they make a living shooting accurately. So they're going to do whatever works best. You know, they're not going to shoot something just because somebody's paying them to shoot it. You know, if they can't win with it, they're going to make more money winning than they are from a, you know, a site contract. Uh, so if they can't hit anything with that site, they're not going to shoot that site, (laughs) you know? Um, so yeah, I think that would be my kind of what I was saying, our mission statement is, is just get information out there. Um, and yeah, keep evolving the sport.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, you can tell just again, going back to your videos that you just want to get that information out there to people. I think it'd be cool to have one of those, uh, like an online Academy. Um, I, I eventually want to have a little place where I can build my own arrows, mess with my own bow. Um, I, I, love the shop that I go to, uh, wild arrow is a great, great company, great group of guys, um, just here in, in Centerville, Utah. Um, but at the same time, if heaven forbid, something happened to all the boat shops and I needed to work on my own boat, I don't have the tools to do it. I know generally what I could do. Um, I know kind of some information, but I don't have the tools to go about doing it. And so yeah. that's something that I definitely eventually want to have um, a little setup maybe in the garage or something like that, that I can cut arrows, tinker with different stuff, uh, spines and all that. Um, you know, so I think that'd be awesome. Uh, even if people don't want to open up a shop, but just want to have their own, you know, where they, where they do their own bows, their kids, bows, uh, et cetera. Uh, I think that'd be cool. Um, so just kind of last, last two questions here. Uh, first, if you could only hunt one big game animal the rest of your life, which one would it be?
1: Oh, cliche that i'm gonna to have to say elk i mean there's yeah. just just something about it i mean you know that just that time of year um you know the animals themselves they're just it's just it never ceases to amaze me how you know you'll be on a herd of 30 animals and then they just completely ghost you it's like how <laughs> where did you go and how can i not find you now mm-hmm. um no they they are the masters of their craft when it comes to staying alive, and uh, you know that's why a lot of people go. I mean, most people I know go, you know, four, five, six, seven years before they actually shoot a bull because it takes that much experience and knowledge a lot of the time. If you're not, if you don't have a guide, if you're kind of being self-taught, or you know, just going with a buddy or something, you know, there's a lot to learn. And when you only you think your average hunter takes what probably a week to hunt so you got seven days to try to compile enough knowledge to kill something that outsmarts predators much better than you on the daily basis you know so um yeah i I just love elk hunting there's just it's got all the aspects of everything i like i mean i'm a huge water fowler i love duck hunting you know i like i love the calling and the decoying and you know setting up trying to get them to land right where you want and elk hunting has all that you know it's got calling it's got spot and stock it's got Woodsmanship, it's just the whole package. So
0: yeah, elk would be it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny because I get a mixed answer with that. You say it's cliche, but it's really not. I get a mix between mule deer and an elk. Obviously, the Easterners, it's the mix between whitetail and and coming out for elk. Um, and for me, like my limited experience, um, deer just don't do it for me the same way that elk do. That's just me. Um, it, it blows my mind just in the one year because the first year I got my bow, I told myself I'm not hunting anything. Um, I want to get dialed in first. I, I owe that to the animal. Um, I'm not out there to kill something, I'm out there to make a good, clean, ethical shot. And so I said, I if I shoot every single day for this year, I'm okay to buy that tag next year. And so um, anyway, but the one year that I've actually been in the field with with uh with a tag in my pocket. Um, deer was, it was, it was fun, but there's so many of them that I kind of grow accustomed to them. Whereas I was into elk quite a few times this year. And the fact that a 700 pound animal can walk more quiet than me yeah. in the woods, <laughs> it just blows my mind. And, uh, and it happened so many times where they would sneak up on me and I, you know, where I think it was a squirrel and then I turn around, and I'm like, what the heck, you know? Or, uh, or you know, just look glassing them up on a mountainside, you know, just barely daylight. I get up there and I get it where I thought would be ahead of them. They disappeared. I don't know if there was some like crevice in the mountain that they crawled into for that. I don't know. But like, <laughs> they are gone.
1: So watch them move too. Um, there's a spot in Oregon that we used to hunt a lot when I was younger. Um, and it's just these massive, massive canyons. Um, oh, either yeah, there we go these massive canyons and uh there's only it's cliffed out on a lot of the the edges there's only a couple ways that you can get in and out and uh so we drop in one side and hike up the other and all the elk are kind of in these little bowls, you know up up near the the rim and uh when you bust them out they can't just go straight up because they just hit a cliff so they usually run by you go down the other side and up and i mean it's I was in really good shape back then too. I mean, I was like 16, 17 and it took me two and a half hours of just straight climbing one foot in front of the other to get out of there. Those elk went all the way down and back up the other side in maybe 15 minutes. I mean, they covered, you know, it's 20, 2,600 vertical feet from where they start bottom and then equal back up the other side. And it was like, and they're out of there. It's just insane. You know, it's amazing their, their stamina and just, You know, they can turn into, like, we deal with a lot of wolves here in Oregon now, and uh, it's turned a lot of those elk into mountain goats because those, they learn pretty quick. Well, the wolves have learned pretty quick that, you know, they get in that really steep bluffy terrain, one good kick from an elk and they're, they're tumbling. So they won't chase them into that super steep bluffy stuff. Um, So, you know, (laughs) you'll, you'll be glassing, you'll, you'll see like 15 elk bedded on what looks like face of a cliff you know they're just on this tiny little bench and how do you how are you you're so big like how are you sure footed enough to get up there but they find a way like i said they are masters of their craft when it comes to survival as you know as deer are as pretty much any animal out there is but um there's just something about them, man they just if you've never elk hunted before you know i've dragged some buddies around for three or four days and you can tell they're kind of starting to get defeated like oh we haven't haven't seen an elk haven't heard a bugle blah 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 and then all of a sudden it happens and you know there's a bull screaming at them from you know 60 yards out raking a tree and just the look on their face is just you know giant eyes it's like, oh yeah. my god what is that exactly <laughs> they're hooked you know it's just something about it
0: oh yeah no i agree 100 percent um that's awesome cool man well just uh last last question here where can people find you and, uh, and yeah, basically where, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Uh, so on YouTube, it's just inside out precision. Um, if you go on Instagram, it's, uh, inside underscore out underscore precision. Um, we do have a website as well. It's inside Um, you know, like I said, we we just sell merch on there. We got hats, beanies, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah the uh, for people oh so people always ask me what the heck inside out means i think it's like some play on words inside out in target archery is when your arrow is completely inside the x-ring not touching the line of the x so you're it's like you know imagine like a donut hole it's inside out inside the x-ring so that that's what inside out precision means um i wasn't yeah i wasn't trying to make some play on the <laughs> door out
0: yeah yeah. I had to go look that up. I won't lie. I, I looked it up. I was like, why is he, what, what's inside out? What do you mean? Like a, like a Robin hood or something, you know, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, thank you so much again. And and again, I, I appreciate your help in my personal archery journey. Um, the feedback that you've given me, you know, it was, it was good enough that, uh, when I went in front of Joel Turner, he was impressed. So, um, and that's you know, hard. he's not easy. He's not easy to impress. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so th- thank you for, thank you for all your help. And again, anyone out there listening, I'm going to leave the links down below um, to his website and to his social media platforms that you can go check them out. If you're getting, if you're new into archery and you have questions um, I'd love to help, but the genius over here, uh, Kellen is definitely a lot more helpful and he'll guide you in the right direction. And and I will generally point you towards him. If you ask me a question. So um, yeah, uh, as I always say, guys get out, Live your life and love it. All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening in. That was an awesome conversation. I really enjoy watching Kellen's content, listening to him talk about archery. He knows his stuff. He's been doing it for years. Hope you had a great time listening on that conversation. And um, just a reminder, the 100th episode giveaway. So the couple steps that you need to do is go subscribe to the YouTube channel. The link's down below. Uh, Subscribe. And then follow wherever it is that you listen to this podcast whether it be Apple Music or I guess Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is, give a follow and then leave a review and take a screenshot of those three things, the subscription to YouTube, the follow on wherever it is that you listen to the podcast and the review, and then send it to my email, redbeardoutdoors1 at gmail.com. And over there, you'll be able to, uh, well, you'll send it to me. You'll get entered into the 100th episode giveaway we're going to have some epic prizes, so I'm excited for you guys. Also, go join me over at Redbeard's Fit Crew on Facebook. Just a great group of people. You don't have to be fit to be in there. You have to be striving to be healthier, live a happier, healthier, more successful life, which is what we aim for here at uh, Redbeard Outdoors. So thanks, guys, again for listening in. There's tons of other podcasts that you can choose to listen to, and you chose me, so I appreciate it. Have an awesome rest of your weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.